get some insights in the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in Mish Schneider, Director of Trading Education and Research at MarketGage.com. Mish Schneider, nice to see you. Thank you so much for being here. So we've seen a lot of volatility. We had the biggest selling day since 2020. Um, managed to not continue some heavy selling. In fact, you know, we saw a little bit of a bounce back. I know we're back in the red. What are your thoughts about the recent volatility? How are you feeling about the markets? Well, in terms of the overall markets, clearly we had another good bear market rally for those four days. We went up until Tuesday when it all disappeared. And a lot of it has to do with this reaction of people to keep anticipating some kind of a top in inflation. And then, of course, we CPI numbers came out, and that was the end of that. So it was a shock of reality. But if we step back from all of that, none of this is really a great surprise. Whether or not we peak or even plateau in inflation is only one piece of the puzzle now. We have this very aggressive Fed action going on. The announcement today, mortgage rates were at the high that they, that they haven't been since 2008. We have a lot of fears of recession and a lot, a lot of people calling for another 20, 25% lower in the entire market. So I'm probably more in the camp that we're in this trading range, which is what the stagflation, which people hate to use that word, is really reminiscent of, where the economy is plodding along, consumer confidence was a little better, jobless claims were lower. So, you know, we're seeing pockets of strength. The government spending, whether or not you hate it or love it, is at least some kind of way to keep the economy moving forward. And yet we have all this stuff around us that's making everything very, very dicey. And I think the number one at the helm right now is what's going to happen with the Fed. If they get overly aggressive here, they could actually have the opposite reaction, in which is <laughs> forget about controlling inflation. They'll just drive demand down in the stock market much lower. So we're hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's really interesting. So you think we're in a range here. There are concerns about a recession, and you do have some stock picks for us today, and I want to leave enough time for those names. And how you go about picking those names, a name like Roblox, um, how did you pick that one? Well, basically, I'm looking at two things. One is I'm trying to make some kind of fundamental case that makes sense. And I just want to say, Nicole, very clearly, so people don't get the wrong impression, I have been trading super actively, you know, like we had talked about ARC. I'm in, I'm out. I see a good amount of money. I will adjust my stops. I'll lock in profit even before my mental target. And that's really how you have to approach. And so I want to say that before I even talk about any of these picks. And certainly Roblox is one of them. They went to online game. That could actually well in a bad period because people may stay home more or at least look for entertainment that doesn't cost much money. Um, obviously, technically, there's a consideration for me and it's above the 200-day moving average. But you also have to consider that when the whole market starts melting down, is very few instruments that can survive that because of liquidation. So if we stabilize, this might be a good one to look at, particularly if it gets through 46. Yeah, and yeah. so um, I'm glad you're saying this about how you're getting in and out of the market, and that's what a trader does. I mean, for somebody who's trying to time the market, um, for long-term investors, it's just really hard to try and sell. And I mean, you're doing something where this is your job, you're focusing on it all day long. How about names like DraftKings and Pinduoduo? Those are interesting as well. 
Well, we are in football season, so again, DraftKings would be, it also started to move up, but it hasn't cleared major resistance yet, but it's something to keep an eye on. So what I have is on a mass of picks to look at on the what if we actually find some kind of floor here, and if we don't, then I will either sit in cash or look for our opposite, more for a short-term bearish type of trades. But anyway, getting back to DraftKings would certainly be one uh, in that camp for football. And China, from a fundamental standpoint, let's face it, I mean, this COVID policy they have has really hurt them. But nonetheless, it eventually will go away. And the difference between China and the U.S. is two things. One is they're not battling our kind of inflation. And two is uh, the imports here in this country from foreign goods is still high. So we're still looking for those cheap goods, which China produces. So I think at some point we may see some of the China names come back. And that's why I have China kind of on my focus. But again, Everything melts down. Even those stocks are melting down, too. So we have to see a separation first. Right. Right. Understood. Understood. And when you do that, I mean, obviously, when the market's selling off, it's baby out with the bathwater. So many great companies get sold off. So I do understand what you're saying. Also, ride sharing um, a little bit about that. I know you have both Uber and Lyft. And are you bullish on both of these names? Well, one of the things that I thought about was if we had actually a transportation strike, I thought that might actually be a boost for those two companies as people depend less on traveling by rail. But or but 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 the strike looks like it was diverted, but those stocks were doing well anyway. So yeah, I mean, I think as people gas prices were a factor, but if gas prices come down, so a lot of things are like dominoes. One thing has to fall in place and then they all have to fall. But those would be two to keep on your radar because, again, technically they're set up. Anything that's set up well over the basic moving averages would be the 50 and the 200 offers a low risk if you want to be a short term trader. And certainly those two fit the bill right now. Right. Understood. So what's the final takeaway here for investors who um, may not be trading day in and day out, but they're very concerned about their portfolio They may have lost 20, 30 percent um, of their savings here. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts to them. I'm so happy that we're talking about this because my biggest concern for the market right now is that I read a statistic that only 5 percent of Americans have made any adjustments in their 401ks, which tells me that they're being told by financial planners or they're just putting their statements in a drawer, not looking, that they're hoping for everything to turn around. And we know from history that it gets to a point where they finally have to bail. And usually that turns out to be the bottom, but forgetting about that, I would say that if you have not gone in and cleaned up things that are giving you these deep losses, don't trade and invest longer term on a hope. Try to go to some cash. You're actually getting some money now if you actually have savings, because there's a little bit of an interest rate protection, at least for the next couple of years. So double check your portfolios and, and, and really try not to lose, especially if you're older, 40, 50 or even 60 percent like what happened in 2020 and 2008. OK, well, I think I'm glad we, we touched on the longer term, too, because you made a great point how people are really not um, making changes, but you have to be patient. Mish, nice to see you always. Good luck Thank with you, the trading in and out. I mean, it's got to be stressful. Mish, Mish Schneider, <laughs> director.
trading education and research, marketgage.com. Thank you for being here with us, Mish.